Hey, it's Sam Roberts. Look, I know I tell you this every week, but I really do appreciate you checking out another episode of Not Sam Wrestling. If you want to support the show, you can do so absolutely free simply by subscribing and downloading the show every single week. We drop a new episode every Monday. If you're listening on Spotify, you can leave us a five-star rating. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star rating and maybe write a little quick one-sentence review that's preferably kinder than not. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash notsamwrestling where we post videos from this podcast most weeks absolutely for free. If you want to go the extra mile and you want a little bit more content, of course, become a Not Sam shill at patreon.com slash notsamwrestling where we drop a bonus episode every single week. We do a Zoom meeting every single week, sometimes before pay-per-views. Everything that gets recorded in the Not Sam studio is broadcast live and so much more. So if you want to join the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash notsamwrestling. If not, just enjoy the episode. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, two major signings by the WWE, and one of them, Valerie Lareda, is on the show. Money in the Bank recap. What the hell were the McMahons and Pat McAfee doing at UFC and a whole bunch more? This is Not Sam Wrestling. is not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Roberts. Hey, 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 welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. For everybody listening in these United States of America, I hope that you are having, did have, have had a, a, an incredible 4th of July, great uh, Independence Day holiday weekend, maybe extending through the week. Uh, what a time. And there were a hundred things that I was going to do this week, to tell you the truth. I was thinking about all the uh, great themed Independence Day shows that we could have. You know, I was going to, there was one point in my brain that I was like, maybe I'll name the show Independence Day instead of Independence with the T. And just start, you know, naming off uh, great independent organizations or wrestlers. Maybe Independence Day where it was like, what superstar did the best when he went independent? And talk about Cody Rhodes and talk about Matt Cardona and talk about all the people that have taken that career route. But we're not going to do a big themed show this week. We will at some point, you know, not saying wrestling will probably be around for a while. Maybe it'll be what we do next year. But uh, this year... No time because Valerie Lareda is going to be on the show. We'll talk to her in a couple minutes. Uh, we'll also, of course, go over everything that happened over the weekend at Money in the Bank 2022. Uh, but before we get there, speaking of Money in the Bank, if you're looking for more content uh, that I did over the weekend with WWE, you can turn on Peacock, or it might be on WWE's YouTube channel as well, but watch it on Peacock so those NBC execs go, Man, this Sam Roberts kid really moves the needle. Let's be honest. You could all watch The Ultimate Show and everybody will think it's Kaz that's getting all the views. But still, watch The Ultimate Show. We did The Ultimate Money in the Bank. The Ultimate Show is just a f really fun thing that I get to do through my association with WWE. And it's, uh, it's incredible because you wouldn't think that they would have an offering like this. It's, it's four of us sitting in a room for an hour fantasy booking a pay-per-view and and we're in the second season of it now we just put one out at uh hell in a cell 
where, by the way, I correctly called Cody Rhodes' opponent wearing Dusty Rhodes polka dots. Wasn't Seth Rollins at the Ultimate Show. It was Triple H. But still, I called it. Um, this time we did Money in the Bank, and, and the theme was that we couldn't put anybody in either the men's or the women's ladder match that had won a world championship. So a, a lot of interesting takes there. We spent the first half of the show making the match, or the first, you know, we split. This is two matches, so first quarter of the show making the match. And then the second part, they hand me the pencil, and they let me book the whole damn thing. So if you enjoy my fantasy booking run amok that I do here on the show that I did last week with the ultimate AEW WWE Forbidden Door show, then definitely watch the ultimate show. We put up a new episode on Saturday on Peacock. Uh, and also over on Twitter, just scroll through the WWE Twitter account after Money in the Bank on Saturday night. It was me, Ryan Popola, Wade Barrett, and Shelton Benjamin ended up joining in. Unadvertised, I didn't know he was coming, but the gold standard showed up. Shelton Benjamin, who better? to offer uh, some insight into Money in the Bank matches. But he joined us, uh, and it's basically, I mean, it's a live podcast. It's audio that happens uh, on the Twitter account after Money in the Bank. So check that out. We do that after every pay-per-view now, too. So that's a lot of fun. Um, Logan Paul, I guess. You know, they announced this week, WWE, two big signings. One uh, was, a, I guess, a more traditional signing, Valerie Lareda, that we'll talk a little bit more about uh, in a minute because she's on the show. Uh, but another is Logan Paul. This was announced the day after the Valerie Lareda signing uh, was announced. Logan Paul is announced as being officially a WWE superstar, not just being a one-off or there for a single program, you know, like uh, like he was for WrestleMania or like Bad Bunny did where he had this recurring thing, but it really was just about coming in for one program. I guess all we know about the contract itself is that it spans over what I think is two or three years. And there's a, an uh, unspecified amount of dates. But I think what it means is that Logan Paul is going to be popping up regularly at, at WrestleMania. Logan Paul is going to be popping up at, at SummerSlam, I'm sure, to do his match with The Miz. Great news for The Miz, by the way. And, uh, you know, I like I wouldn't be surprised, for instance, next year if Logan Paul is in the Money in the Bank ladder match. It just it, it, it definitely having somebody like Logan Paul on the roster definitely adds an incredible amount of interest. I don't think any wrestling fans like hardcore wrestling fans are sitting there going, oh, finally, we'll get all the Logan Paul dream matches that we've always wanted. That's not what it's about. I think that it's more about uh, bringing in this mainstream. And to me, the fact that Logan Paul signed the deal with WWE says everything about the fact that people like Logan Paul or Valerie Lareda or even Pat McAfee are aware that WWE is a, is a global machine that truly creates superstars that when you are in a certain position in the WWE, you are portrayed as truly being larger than life. And there's a lot these days that you can do on your own. But when you can get the freedom to continue to do what it is that you do on your own and continue to, to, to gather your audience and continue to do everything that it is that brought you to the dance, but also 
have the WWE putting you on this pedestal a few times a year, reminding the world that you are indeed a megastar and, and WWE is the one cementing that. I think it says a lot to what WWE is capable of. Um, I also think that it's a credit to the WWE that guys like Logan Paul and Pat McAfee and Bad Bunny are taking time out of their schedule and really putting a lot of work in to having great performances in WWE, that it's not just a sort of pop-in, pop-out deal. Like even Logan Paul for his WrestleMania match, clearly a lot of work had been done. He was a wrestler in the ring. People for, I mean, he's an athlete, so of course, but it's like he showed up and he, he, he wrestled that match. And it was everything about professional wrestling. It was the athleticism. And there were a couple of, of moments in there where you really caught how much he got it, you know, like from the physicality of it, his leapfrog was incredible. His, his the, the, just little instances that you could tell he had really worked on and perfected and was doing what he had perfected. His conditioning was very good. It wasn't a quick match. And he did a lot in that match and still by the end was standing on his feet. For me, what really drove it home was that even with this physicality that he maintained this character, when he was doing the, you know, Rey Mysterio taunts, disrespecting the legacy of Eddie Guerrero, it was like he's on the top rope doing the frog splash. And a lot of people would be panicking just having to do a frog splash. But the fact that he remembered that, I was like, okay, this guy really gets it. And he's going to be a difference maker. Now, what I don't get, and this is the thing that I think happens in WWE sometimes is I think that they might think that he's going to come in and be a good guy, that because he's a celebrity, people are going to cheer for him. And I don't know if that's because people cheer for Pat McAfee, but people cheer for Pat McAfee because he's Pat McAfee, right? Most of the people, I believe, in the WWE audience are not cheering for Pat McAfee because of what he's done outside of the WWE. I think they're cheering for Pat McAfee because they've gotten to know him every week on SmackDown and they saw him on the NXT pre-shows and they saw him at NXT TakeOver and they saw him at WrestleMania and they see him in the ring and they see him deliver and they see him show real uh, 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 admiration and respect and appreciation for WWE and they see him as a real fan and it's just, he's just a likable guy. Like you, you want to cheer him. You want to see more. That's not the case for every celebrity. I think Ronda Rousey is a perfect example of that. I get it. But I think that R Ronda should be a villain. I think that there's something innate in Ronda that people want to boo. When Ronda was on SmackDown before Money in the Bank, cutting the promos on Natalia, even though this was two weeks before Money in the Bank, even though, though Natalia is clearly the villain, She's dressed up like Rhonda. She's bringing out the baby carriage, everything. There's just something mean about the way Rhonda spoke. I get it. Look, I could try all I want to go onto WWE television and have people cheer me. But there is just something about the way that I talk. There's something about the tonality through which I illustrate my points, the words that I choose to use, the way I look, my extremely punchable face that makes it so there's just a natural inclination to boo me. And that's not just isolated to professional wrestling. It's a life thing. And I get that. I don't mind it. I'm fine with it. But I'm not 
ever, or I would never, I would hope to never have to fight that, right? I don't think, I think Ronda Rousey is fighting that right now. I don't think she should. I think she should be a villain. And I worry that if the idea is that Logan Paul is going to show up to SummerSlam and get cheered and The Miz is going to get booed, The Miz is going to have to put his working boots on for the next four weeks because there is a huge possibility that those two superstars are going to show up to a stadium in Nashville, Tennessee, and that fans are going to cheer for The Miz way harder than they cheered for him that, that little moment of time when he was supposed to be a good guy because they're going to want to boo Logan Paul so bad. Logan Paul is a natural heel. He's a natural villain. And that's not a slight. That's a positive. That's an amazing trait. Logan Paul is a moneymaker as a villain. It's just what it is. It's the type of performer he is. I mean, look at his brother. That's what the Paul family does. Jake Paul gets destroyed by the audience, by social media, every time he enters a boxing ring. But you know what? People pay for the fight. And then more and more people pay every time. And it's made him a millionaire a few times over. I feel the same way about Logan Paul. That the more you people you you hear people saying they don't like Logan Paul, the more successful he becomes. I don't think that that's a that that's a, uh, a, a, a an avalanche that you're going to be able to fight. And you know we've got a couple of years to figure it out. You know I'm not I'm not concerned about that. I mean I guess if there's anybody that can make a a a, a heel into a babyface, it's the Miz. But even the Miz, it's gonna uh, Logan Paul. Logan Paul is one of the great heels of our generation. And uh, he just is. So, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited, though, that he's a part of the family and that he's embraced it so much. You know, the fact that he's fully signed on, this is like when Gronk signed with WWE, except there's not going to be a pandemic and then Gronk goes back to football. Like, Logan Paul actually signing with WWE as opposed to just doing a, a an appearance means... We're going to get Logan Paul t-shirts. We're going to get Logan Paul in video games, not just as DLC. And for my sphere, as a member of the WWE Elite Squad and a legit Mattel collector, we're going to get a Logan Paul action figure. We're going to get a couple of Logan Paul action figures. I'm sure of it. Well, I don't think we'll get a reveal by Comic-Con. He just signed last week, and Comic-Con is three weeks from now. But we are absolutely going to get a Logan Paul figure. We'll probably get the reveal. We'll probably get a, a a a render by Christmas. And we'll probably get the reveal at WrestleMania access of the prototype. And then by next summer, it'll be on the shelves. But we're definitely getting it. That's exciting. I'll get a Logan Paul toy. I definitely want him on the shelf. I'm still waiting for that Pat McAfee toy. I don't know what Bill is doing. Better have something like that to reveal at Comic-Con. I mean, my God. Well, we know Logan Paul is going to be ready to go debuting at SummerSlam. Uh, But somebody who won't be at SummerSlam, but is clearly a big deal because WWE put her on a media blitz to announce that she had signed with the company is uh, Valerie Lareda. Now, Valerie uh, comes from the world of Bellator. 
She's, I think, either four and f- four, four and one or five and one and one. She had like either five fights or six fights, and she won all but one of them. Uh, but she's also got an incredible following on social media. And, uh, you know, she puts out compelling content. I just put it that way. Easy on the eyes. Very, very likable. Uh, somebody that that you you understand immediately why people want to follow. I will tell you this. She came up to SiriusXM. You know, I do this show with Jim Norton every morning on SiriusXM. And it's far from a wrestling show. It's not a wrestling show at all. Uh, it's a comedy show for all intents and purposes. But, and and I never know how it's going to go when I invite people from my, re- I, I live several different lives. My family world is its own world. My Sirius XM radio world is its own world. My WWE wrestling world is its own world. Like these are all different worlds that I juggle all together at the same time. I like it that way. I like the separation. I like that there's a, it's a, my life is a Venn diagram. You know, they, they do blend, blend with each other, but there's some things that are very separate. I'm not going to go on to Jim and Sam and read a 10-page essay about the impact that the Mr. McMahon characters had on the WWE, but I'll do that here. I'm also not going to come here and, uh, you know, bust balls about some video I saw on the internet. That's for there. It's a different deal. My YouTube, not say I'm YouTube. That's a different sphere on the Venn diagram. It's a different world. I, I keep things separate. I'm a private guy, but... I never know how it's going to go. You know, I have a, when I bring a WWE star, I never know if the people that I work with are going to be like, yo, that was lame. You know, why'd you bring it? And maybe that's just my own insecurity talking because they're not wrestling fans and I want everybody to be a wrestling fan so badly. But when I brought Valerie Lareda in, I will tell you that after the interview and after she left, I always look around the room and they, maybe nobody's going to tell me directly, but you can see in the eyes, you can read the body language whether people enjoyed the segment or not, that were in the room who are not wrestling fans. Every person in that studio, men and women, were in love with Valerie Lareda after that interview. Everybody. Me, my co-host, all of the staff, all of us were smitten with this person. And that generally tells me that they're going to make a great pro wrestler. This is a person that is a natural born baby face. She's the first uh, person, uh, first woman of Cuban uh, American descent that is going to be a WWE star. I believe uh, on the 19th of July, she'll be starting training at the WWE Performance Center. She was in the house over the weekend in Las Vegas for Money in the Bank. Um, And we'll see how quickly she ends up on TV. But I thought this week on the pod, uh, I would share that conversation with you. So before we get into Money in the Bank and everything that happened there, uh, this is from the Jim Norton and Sam Roberts show. Jessica Kirsten, she's a comedian, was with us in studio. So this is not the typical Sam Roberts wrestling interview. You know, there might be some salty language. Uh, We might, uh, this is more of a general conversation, a get-to-know-you conversation. But uh, I I thought it was a, a, a really great chance to get to know this person who has been signed to the WWE. So today I share it with you on Not Sam Wrestling uh, from Sirius XM's Jim Norton, Sam Roberts, Valerie Lareda. Hang on, I hit the wrong button. I'm not editing you out either. Uh, it's Valerie Lareda. Hey guys, sorry for the interruption, but look, we've passed July 4th weekend. That means summer is here. We know 
summer is a time for relaxing. We don't want to go grocery shopping. We don't want to go cooking. We don't want to do the dishes. Well, with Factor, I can rest easy knowing I can eat well without the work. You guys know I'm a picky eater, but if you really know me, you also know I'm trying to put on a little bit of mass. It's very difficult to be conscious of what you're eating when you're also a picky eater. So a lot of these meal services are hit and miss for me. Factor works. I love their ready-to-eat meals, and they have tons of great add-ons like smoothies, shakes, and snacks. I need the snacks. I love the snacks. Factor makes it easy to eat well with fresh, never-frozen meals. They taste good, so you won't believe that they're actually nutritious. Even my wife likes them, and she's a stickler for all this stuff. She doesn't eat fast food. She doesn't eat any of that stuff, but she loves the Factor meals. Feel good all summer with Calorie Smart, vegan, veggie, and keto options that are expertly portioned to keep you on track and satisfied. Factor Now offers you 32 meals a week, including 11 keto options. No more eating the same boring dinner night after night after night. Factor makes it so easy. Savor the flavor. Don't stress the prep, huh? If you're busy, Factor is flexible. Change your order every week. With Factor, you're going to get more free time. They save you time so you don't have to prep, cook, or clean. Ready in just two minutes? You can't beat that. This is what you do. Head to go.factor75.com slash NotSam120 and use code NotSam120 to get $120 off. Yes, that's code NotSam120 at go.factor75.com slash NotSam120 for $120 off. Go now. Check it out. Go.factor75.com slash NotSam120 promo code NotSam120. The Not Sam Wrestling Interview. Joining us in studio right now, uh, Valerie Lareda, who is, uh, just made the big announcement. She's making the, she's making the leap from the world of Bellator MMA yeah. to the WWE. Hi, Valerie. Hi, I'm very happy to be here. I'm very excited to announce my signing and looking forward to what's to come. Yeah, did you, uh, I, I would have to, uh, I, I get the transition from like MMA to WWE. But but that also has to be a difficult uh, decision to make because they're clearly two mm-hmm. separate kind yeah. of forms of entertainment, right? Yeah, it's it's just a completely different way of thinking, you know. And honestly, the hardest part for me was making that mental shift from MMA to now being a WWE superstar because my whole life I spent in martial arts competing in that and now I'm going into this world of WWE and I just had to shift my mind and all that passion I had into MMA transfer that into the ring and you also can't strike full force like that's <laughs> yeah, the difference that's big... too it's like you have to like control the, probably your natural inclination to really break somebody's jaw you know it's self-control <laughs> but as a martial artist you learn that self-control so honestly I'm pretty good at controlling myself but at the same time it is a lot of impact it is combat and it's tough on your body the same way yeah yeah but there is that like 
there is that thing where in MMA the goal is to like destroy, right? Yeah. Like it's it's <laughs> one of if one of us has to die, it's not going to be me. Exactly. Which you do have to kind of get that part of your brain mm-hmm. deprogrammed and go like, no, let's. How about we both we both leave this thing healthy? Yeah, you rewire your mind, but you know in WWE you're fighting, and at the same time there's so many things you have to be aware of. So for me, it's just it's fun and. I like it more. It's gotta be weird training with the person you're gonna fight. Like you, you have to like kind of go over things and discuss things with them before in a way that you wouldn't mm-hmm. in an MMA fight. It's probably just an adjustment. Yeah, it's an adjustment like, um, like your relationship, you know, because in MMA you're not friends with the person <laughs> you're about to fight, and in WWE, you know, you got to perform. But even though you still hit each other and stuff, it's like a, a helping dynamic. Yeah, although guys in MMA can be friends, which I always think is they're the scariest guys. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Alvey, smiling Sam Alvey. Yeah, uh, he said I, I could be absolutely cr- very good friends with you, and then still punch you in the face. <laughs> like the guys that are comfortable being friends and still fighting, mm-hmm. I think are even more frightening than the angry guys. I guess that's the martial arts thing yeah. that we probably can't understand. That it's like when you're fighting, like there's an assignment here. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to win a fight. This isn't about like this isn't like somebody shoving me or you at a bar and us realizing, okay, we're gonna get our teeth mm-hmm. knocked out now. Yeah, well no, if somebody shoves me, I, I'll, I'll usually say something like, I, look, I don't wanna go to jail, which means I don't wanna get beaten up because you'll go to jail yeah. for killing me. Yeah. Hey dude, not worth it, okay, not worth it. Did you ever train martial arts, Jessica? No, mm. I ha- I, but I, I'd love to, but I never did it. You never did it either? No, and my body would tell you I've never done it. I'm, it's very physically obvious I've never done it. Yeah, can you assess somebody? Like, when you look at somebody like Jim, do you mm-hmm. go, like, well, this person is not a physical threat, or do you go, you never know, there could yeah. be something under the surface? I mean, my fighting mentality is I could defend myself and fight anyone, you know? But right. really, it's... there's so many weight classes. Everybody looks different. MMA, everybody has a different type of body. There's jujitsu, you know, that their bodies are different. Strikers look different. There's girls that are, like, big but they're not as powerful so I, everybody's body is different and really the way they perform is based on their heart yeah yeah, yeah but I could probably see <laughs> that I, I could not pinpoint and I'm not an expert right <laughs> I could not pinpoint what Jim or myself if I look in the mirror I go yeah. I don't know what what discipline you would think I would specialize in me too. like if you were looking at me and going like oh yeah this must be he doesn't look physically intimidating Maybe. but I'm sure you look like a little judo. Little judo. Huh. Would you yeah. would you think that it's You look strat- a little scary. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate that. Ooh, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little scary. I'm out of shape and I blink a lot. It's uncomfortable. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uncomfortable to be around. <laughs> if you only knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is something about Jim where it's like, the fact that he's been around this long, he's probably, I mean, there's probably a body somewhere. Yeah, no. <laughs> you know, there's probably. Yeah, no, I've never trained, but I want to. I'm just, I keep telling myself, yeah, I want to. I'm just lazy. Mm-hmm. I don't do it. But do it because it's the best form of cardio also. A lot of people now are using martial arts as a way of weight loss and mm. man- ma- management of your health because you don't even realize how you're working out like you're boxing but like you come out there drenched you know it's different than running on a treadmill 45 minutes people don't want to do that anymore so like hitting the bag like releasing your stress you know it's just a good way of therapy how yeah. do you how do you maintain confidence because we literally we were just talking about the fact a lot of comedians come in here mm-hmm. and the confidence level of comedians is probably not the same as like a professional well, mixed martial artist. On stage, we seem, ve- I mean, I seem very confident on stage. Right. Yeah. But then you're l- in life. You know, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, in relationships, we're, we're pussies, but on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. For that 45 on stage. Oh, yeah. I, I seem like a rock star. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. On stage, I'm, I, I'm confident. And as soon as I walk off, I'm the mayor of Shitville again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is, that, is, there, is that the same in professional athletics? Like, do you ever have a period of time where you're the mayor of, uh, of Shitville, as it were? Or, or do you have to carry that sort of level of confidence with you i mean everyone acts like they they do like yeah. i could be anybody and they they sell their fights and they do all these promos and stuff but realistically before you get in the cage you're shitting yourself yeah. you're scared you know <laughs> you're, somebody's in front of you about to try to kill you how could you not be scared being locked in there right it's just it's like kind of fake confidence but you do believe in yourself mm -hmm. and that's what wins fights mm -hmm. what does it take to get over that like is it the first time you touch each other or the first punch mm -hmm. or is it like what is it that kind of snaps you into the moment like all right I'm not afraid now. I'm oh just, I'm, I'm fighting. Oh my God. For me, even when they would announce me like, Valerio, fighting out of the red corner, there I would be shitting myself. I turn around, I don't even want to look at what's happening. But as soon as the fight starts and I get hit for the first time, that's when like my mind changes to, you're in a fight. Like, it's kind of like you black out. Yeah. I always felt like I would just black out or just see like punches. It was weird. It's like a game plan, and you just try to win and hurt. Like, you just try to hurt. Fighters are just built different. Can you imagine yeah. being like, I'm at my best after I get punched in the face the first time. That really yeah. brings out... Right. Because I think that would probably bring out the coward in me. Yeah. And just yeah. a slap to the face. It's like, oh, no, no, no. No, 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 I don't want no, that anymore. No, but it's more like an insult. Like, you just touched me, and then yeah. you wake up, and the aggressiveness comes out. I understand that. Yeah. I re it's how I feel on stage when people have gotten physical with mm -hmm. me, like, come towards me or throw Has something at me. Has that happened? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've had bottles thrown of at me. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then once that happens, I'm like, I will k fucking kill you. I will. <laughs> oh I'm serious. Yeah. I've yeah. had you that stop happen. what you're doing? Yes. Like, yes. Oh I once walked off stage because a guy heckled me horribly. And I walked. I said, excuse me, everyone, and put the mic back in the stand at the Fat Black at, at the yeah. Comedy Cellar and walked off and went up to him. And I was like, don't you ever fucking talk to me. I went, I, I, put my, I took him by the arm and put him up against the wall. Really? Behind the curtain. And I told the audience to wait for me. Oh, and then you went back you. on and then you went back I went on. back on stage and they all stood up and gave me a standing ovation. Well, I was awesome. furious. I would never have been able to follow that moment. Like I would do that and they'd clap for me and then I'd just start bombing for 40 minutes. No, I, it was, uh, no, I said, I'm so sorry, but I was so enraged that he like, because yeah. he's, he, he, he was like you. F he walked. He w like got up to leave right when I walked on stage. I mean, when when I got up, and he's like, he's like, uh, I don't want to fucking hear you. And he's like, by the way, your hair looks like shit. Like it was just mean spirited. <gasps> oh boy. And I took a second and I said, excuse me, everyone, I have to handle something. And I just went up to him and I put, took him by the arm, big guy, and I slammed him against. The wall. <laughs> I don't know what happened to me. That's a bad. Yeah. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you had a lot of energy from not brushing your fuck hair. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I did look like shit, but fuck. Yeah. I'm not saying he was wrong, but he was rude. <laughs> yeah, but punching somebody is probably that, that aggression to get out. That's got to feel good to know that if something gets physical in life, you're you can handle it. Like, what a nice confidence that is just to live yeah. with. I mean, that's self defense, and I feel like that's very important for women. You know, everyone should know how to defend themselves because it gives you that sense of confidence. And I've been doing that since I'm three years old. So everywhere I am, I'm pretty independent. You know, at the same time, always looking at me because there's things that are out of my control. But for the most part, I'm pretty independent and I'm confident in myself. And I know that I could take care of myself and at least react 
right in a situation of danger. When who, did, who, who, when you were, why'd you start training so young? Was it like your father or your mother or your brother a fighter? My dad was a grandmaster in Taekwondo, owned a school in Miami, 30 something years. I was born into it, I was forced into it. And my mom was a cheerleader and stuff, so they pulled me on both, and I came on like this. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> cheerleader who can fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of how you want to raise a daughter, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when did you find uh, pro wrestling? Sports entertainment. That was in April after I went to WrestleMania. Cause was I... it Stone Cold? Tell me the truth. <laughs> it was Because like... that fucking rolled when Stone Cold was out there. Yeah, it was... For me, Charlotte Flair is what did it for me, but my last fight was in November. In my mind, I was still fighting. And then I went to WrestleMania. I went to go in there. Have you guys been to a show? Yeah, oh yeah, I have. It's just another level. Yeah. And you go in there and you leave different. And that's what changed my mind. And I just prayed for this opportunity and it came true. Wow. So you, you kind of knew then like, oh yeah, this is the move? It's that like when you know me, I am a fighter. I've been fighting since I'm three years old. MMA five years but as a woman you know I love like I studied broadcast journalism um, I love glamour I love entertainment I love costumes I love wardrobe I love styling I love storytelling and when I look at WWE it's everything I love yeah around fighting like that's me and my mom was like Valerie this is what you're born to do and that really made my decision. Now Miami, you grew, grew up in Miami. I, I was, I've only been to Miami once, but I was very uncomfortable because everybody there was so attractive. You were born in Miami? No, I went I, I went down there one time and I was almost like a, a display for all of them. Like, ugh, that's what happens. They're like, what is that? Yeah. What is this thing? Is that a scallop? <laughs> yeah, it was very uncomfortable because everyone is in beach shape and just yeah. has that part party vibe and bro just, you could have the party vibe i'm sure it's a fun place if you're comfortable there like i bet if you put there. on like a hawaiian shirt and some like board shorts or something people would be like oh yeah he's yeah. just a miami party you dude. have to get a little tan before i know <laughs> I, this is actually tan for me I, I know i don't look tan but um <laughs> I, I would do. lift and show you the oh. difference but i'm embarrassed to show my arm oh, <laughs> that's so cute. Yeah. i know that's okay he's but adorable he'd be fine in miami right of of course. Of course. You just need to go with the flow. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> Do you like the beach? Late. Do you spend a lot of time at the beach? Yeah. But like more pool, like tanning. I was born in razors. So people go to South Beach and stuff. And I'm so over it. You know, I'd rather have my <laughs> pool in my house and stuff. And then I, when I go out, it's South Beach, Brickell, Wynwood. You know, there's so many spots. And everyone's in Miami right now. So it's, it's fun, but our culture has completely changed after the pandemic because there's a lot of new people here. It's a little different. Oh, yeah. Everybody moved uh, to Florida during the... Yeah. Because people thought like this was going to last forever. Yeah. So they went to all these weird locations yeah. that they might not have like, moved Florida to. Florida got to a point that you couldn't find a property. You know? Mm, yeah. I was blessed enough if I bought a house like right after the pandemic, but our real estate was insane. Like, so many people from New York, L.A., everyone was moving down here. I was like, damn, get out of here. Are you going to stay there? Huh? Are you going to stay there or are you going to leave? No, I'm moving now to Orlando because my first day at the Performance Center is the day of my 24th birthday. Oh, wow. Wow. So I'm when moving is that? to Orlando, July 19th. That's my wow. birthday as well, July 19th. Look at you oh, guys. Yes. Look at you. Are you no, no, I'm July 19th. That's so cute. Yeah. Adorable. Isn't yeah. our birthday weird? Like, a lot of people don't have our birthdays, I feel like. Just I've, special I've, people. I've met a couple of people. 
people over the years that had July 19th. I would say so far you're my favorite. Oh, uh, myself included. Nice. Um, but, myself included. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're uh, cancers. They're very right. family oriented. Yeah. Uh, cancers tend to get along with other cancers. I'm not big on astrology. Are you emotional? Yeah, I am. I'm okay. the worst. I'm no a worse. blubbering idiot watching television. You are right. But as I get older, I'm worse. I'm going to be 54. <laughs> so, yeah, I was probably like a little better in my 20s and 30s, yeah. but you know, I'm just coming. I'm really emotional. Yeah. But that made me a good fighter, to be honest. People are like, you can't show your emotions fighting. Same time, like that passion and like wanting to kill someone, it was so strong because I'm so emotional. It just worked out for me. Yeah, I guess so. You used it in a way I didn't. Mm-hmm. You, know, you used it in a brave way. <laughs> right. right. You're good at complaining about things. Yeah, oh yeah, I really am. And I'm good at starting shit and then walking away quickly when it gets heated. Yeah. But you found that like when that rage started to build, you could actually channel it? Like it was, it was helpful to you? Like I turn into something. Like you see me like this, but this isn't really me. Like I'm gritty. Like... Yeah, I would just transform, and I just like the first time I would punch, like when I would throw fighting, I would just like throw hard every single punch, and as soon as I would see like a little blood, it's like a shark, like yeah. oh my god, Attack. that's amazing Attack. to me. That finish, rules. finish, like don't stop, just they're weak. I love seeing after every punch like more damage, more damage, more damage. But then I would still go out and get hit. My eyelashes would come up. I'm like, damn. <laughs> That's you know? awesome. Do you like a good a good slicing elbow on the forehead? No, don't tell me that. That's the only thing in MMA I don't like those elbows because it leaves a scar. Everything yeah. else oh. I can fix, but the scars I have one here on my eye. I don't know if you see it. But have you ever yeah. have you ever dropped an elbow like that and and split somebody because nothing no. cuts someone open like an elbow? I have not. I'm more of like a puncher, but from ground and pound, yeah. But I haven't really split someone from an elbow. How about with, with jujitsu? It always freaked me out. Is when you're fighting, oh if somebody's bleeding or if somebody's sweating. I mean, people sweat in your it's mouth. Slippery. You you can't avoid it. You have to be grimy. Yeah. You have to like something dirty inside of you. Like for real. Even training in the gyms. Honestly, that's the worst part because there's so much infections and stuff and like ringworm and all of that. Oh, on As the a mat. woman, it sucks. It yeah. sucks. You have to take like five times the care of yourself and the scratches all over the face and stuff it just sucks can you get ringworm from the mat I've heard guys yes, get it yeah, that, that's, yeah. <sighs> that's like so so common you wow. have to like shower right after disinfect there's just so many things you have to be always aware of if you care about how you look you know yeah I obviously don't but I mean I, <laughs> I've had hopes at one point in my life so do you use like a lava soap in the shower like, I, I heard some oh, like a construction work like, or like, so, like lava. a really yeah. intense yeah. soap to, to yeah. kind of make sure you don't get it. I just shower right after and disinfectant soap like anti-infection um, right yeah that's what I do but the worst part is those cauliflower ears have you seen how ugly those things are I, they are yeah, but they do say fighting when someone has cauliflower ear. I haven't seen them on women as much. Oh my god! Well, because they some, look badass on dudes. Yes, some they do. Some women yeah. don't get it. Like it depends how hard your ear is. It's weird. I started to, to get it. The difference is that I was so psychotic that I would take care of it. People, you're supposed to drain that, drain them, right. and then not get hit there again. But these guys drain it, get hit again, blows up, and then they say fuck it. They leave it like that. Yeah. I would drain it and wear my headgear. I never hardly grappled without a headgear, even though you could still get that from just getting hooked in the ear. Like it's just blood accumulation there. But it but doesn't you don't affect want your it. hearing though. Huh? You don't want it. 
I don't want it. No. No? You think I want my hair up when I look pretty with my ears like that? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so ugly. <laughs> but you can hear the same, right? It doesn't yeah. affect your ability to no, hear. No, no, but AirPods don't fit me. I guess not. I would take the trade off. AirPods though. don't fit me well. Well, yeah, see, that's the difference between me and you. That, like, <laughs> both of us, I think, would like to have that. So people, you know, I could beat people up. Look at my ears. When you can actually yeah. do it, Who needs you probably AirPods? don't need that. You don't need AirPods, though. If, if you have cauliflower ears, you can just fucking play your phone on the speaker. <laughs> and who cares? <laughs> yeah. Say something. Yeah. Say something. Yeah. 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 Sign of a so, fighter. Who was it uh, at WWE that like kind of was like, yeah, let me let me show you what this world is all about, and, and you know, I think you'd be a good fit? Like a wrestler or like? Whoever. Well, when I went to WrestleMania, I met Triple H, mm -hmm. and he FaceTimed me yesterday before I announced, and that was so cool. He was, I was so excited and honored, and also James Kimball, he played a huge part into bringing me into the WWE, and my manager, Abraham, that's here, you know, it was it was a teamwork decision, but um, Charlie Flair followed me, you know, Nikita Lyons in NXT, mm -hmm. she's there in Orlando, I'm looking forward to being there with her, we become friends, but everybody showed me so much support, it's such a friendly environment, and... They're amazing. Yeah, Bellator is a big, uh, a, a big promotion, but WWE is a, yeah. a, a different level of monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're, yeah. you you recognize that already? Like you're walking into something like like a really <laughs> giant machine. You know, with Bellator, I was always like, okay, Bellator is like right under the UFC, you know. But I was like, I really made a name for myself in Bellator. Like I grew, I grew my brand like to almost a million followers, and really, that's not. A common thing in Bellator mm. you know I did that with like my own marketing and my own branding and stuff but going into the WWE I understand their fan base and stuff but really I'm just looking forward to becoming the best wrestler I can be and being a good superstar and you know I'm gonna keep branding myself the same way but just the sky's the limit and I know the opportunities are gonna come but really right now I'm focused on proving myself because I have a long journey ahead of me and very tough have you gotten in the ring at all to like roll around and yes. see how it feels? And yes, that was my tryout. So I went to WrestleMania. I didn't try out there, but I went to watch it. But then <laughs> I had my trial in Orlando, and that was tough. But it was the best week of my life, and I didn't want to leave. I was crying. I wanted to stay there even without a contract. I just want to train. I want to work. I don't want to <laughs> That's awesome. lose another week. But I had to come home, and I had to relax for the first time in my life. And not having a fight, not having to cut weight. It's a different type of pressure. Like knowing that I, okay, I want to fight three times this year, so I have to fight by March, July, December, you know? Like that's always been. And not get hurt. Schedule. Yeah. And not get hurt. Yeah. And not get hurt training. In February, I tore my MCL uh, training, sparring at the gym. I was Ugh. defending a single leg takedown. But this just, MMA is prone to so much injury. And of course, in WWE too, like this is combat. In any sport you do, it's dangerous. You just have to prevent it and just know what you're doing and own it. Yeah, the hardest part is getting yourself to go. Like, I make my, I have a trainer at the gym, obviously. Uh, but I, she, I make. <laughs> you're on the same level. No, but like, no, I get it. You know, when no, I'm it's training. true. Well, the it's point is, I'm lazy, goals. and I won't go unless I have to be somewhere. Yeah. Like the ability to make yourself do yeah. it, mm -hmm. I'm always kind of fascinated with people who yeah. can just go out and well, do. You go that. to the, yeah. you go to the cellar like every night. Like you do your profession with comedy. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. We show always show up to shows. 
else, but with other things, were right. Yeah, it's, it's a different. It's a different thing. I, I like yeah. doing stand up. I don't like working out. But, <laughs> but that's, but that's no. what you're passionate about. That's yeah. what you love, and this is like what I'm passionate about. And I know that I have to work out every day in order to get to where I want to be. You know, it's just different, mm-hmm. but the same at the same time. There's yeah. clearly a lot of confidence in you, right? Because I mean, yeah. did you expect? I mean, there's a there's not that often that a new signee gets kind of a a little a media blitz. To announce yeah. to everybody and get on the interview <laughs> circuit right away and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like you're on the you're on the fast track. I mean, I have my background, you know, and I did do a lot for Bellator and I did change the whole stereotype engineering for women in mixed martial arts. But also, other than that, I'm representing Latinas in the mm-hmm. WWE, which we are a minority, you know. And for me, becoming the first Cuban American woman to sign is like history is being made and you know it's a big win for los latino and especially in miami so i think that more than anything is most important to me knowing that i'm about to do something and also having the confidence that i could represent you know what i mean yeah if there's anybody that could represent our culture it's me and i feel like i was born to do that yeah it's it's got a lot of pressure to kind of feel like you're bringing other people with you i wouldn't want that pressure especially when you haven't done it before like here's yeah you're like you're entering into this new thing and yeah you're i I love it you do because i was raised by my abuelitos you know and i saw my abuelitos immigrate from cuba to miami you know start from nothing my grandma used to plancha she used to um iron clothes house to house my grandpa used to be a little mechanic for police officers you know we came from nothing. And now you're a superstar. I, I know. And I'm in the beginning and there's so much to come. And I'm just humbly just going to work very hard and just be myself because that's what's gotten me here today. How long do you think or, you know, would you like it to be before you're on television? I'm crazy. Right. And in my brain, I have secrets of what I want to do. But I trust and I'm just going to go into the gym and be teachable and learn as much as I can, absorb from these coaches that are incredible. And my goal is to be on TV by the end of the year and hopefully make main roster as soon as they think I'm ready. But knowing my work ethic, if I put my mind to it, I'm going to do it. You want to be a WrestleMania next year? Yeah. 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 But, but don't tell anybody. I won't say it. I said it. I said don't, it. Don't, don't tell anybody. It's in LA and I can't stop thinking about it and I dream about it every night. I'm going to find a way to be in it. Have you been to Cuba? No, I have not. I want to go. I think they're opening no, up because flights. As, as Cubans, it's like, you don't go back to Cuba. Oh, you don't want to go. You know, okay. it's like scary. You got out. I'm gonna, but when I go back, I want to like vlog it and see where my grandparents were raised yeah, yeah. next to La Universidad and stuff. I don't know. I, I think I still have family there. Like, um, cousins and stuff. I want to go back. Have you thought about your uh, your WWE attire? You know, all of yes. the presentation is all important. Yes. Are you going to go like MMA and represent that, or are you going to be more sensational? No, I'm I'm Bally Loretta. I love glamour. I'm going to do the little bra, the little shorts, my cute tights, pink. Like that's me. That's how I would fight in MMA. I would design my fight clothes. Yeah, like, literally, I would. I would get a designer and be like, this is how my fight, fight clothes to look. And the only thing is in MMA, I couldn't really experiment with the bra because if they move it, there's a sure. snip, you know? Yeah. Yes. So Let's avoid that be, at all costs. No, no, no. Yeah. And, and when, <laughs> <laughs> when, you're fighting, when you're fighting, you don't want to be thinking about, yeah, you know? Yeah. So in MMA, I was always more like conservative. But here, I'm going to be more myself, you know? And I've I I cut weight for the signing, like if I was gonna fight. Mm-hmm. So that's a big accomplishment for me. But you know, I'm taking this super serious, and I want to look my best and feel my best. 
That's fantastic. Well, uh, congratulations, Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Thank I'm, uh, you. Excited as I think we all are to to watch your progress and and let's see if you get to WrestleMania next year. You got till let's April, see. right? I've got to April. You got till April. It's July. It's, a, it's let's a, go. It's, a, it's cutting in short. It's cutting in short. If I would have started like in April, you know. Yeah. Well, that's when the that's when the path started. That's when yeah. we started thinking. Yeah. Right. But even if it's just NXT, like I'm just gonna be so excited to debut. Like make yeah. that my first like match. You know, for me, I can't stop thinking about that. I have so many ideas, but right now I need to focus, work hard. And see what comes. Yeah, let's get you on an NXT premium live event and go from there, right? Yeah, let's see. Love let's it. See. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you, Valerie. Thank you, guys. You're fantastic. <laughs> guys, we'll be back in just a second. But I do want to shout out somebody for supporting Not Sam Wrestling. And that is Manscaped. Yes, this show is brought to you by Manscaped, the heavyweight champion in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Get 20% off and free shipping with code SAMROBERTS at manscaped.com. Look, we all know whether we're wrestlers or not, we want to be able to get into a little pair of trunks and we can't have unsightly hairs poking out in every direction. But you try to get rid of them. You try to get them down. You try to get yourself TV ready. And what are you doing? You're nicking yourself. You're leaving little ingrown hairs. It's disgusting. It's painful. It's awful. You know what's the savior for all of that? The performance package. It includes the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Never have any of those terrible accidents happen to you again. How about the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer? How do I stay looking so young? I get rid of my ear and nose hair because everybody sees that. Okay, my wife appreciates what the lawnmower 4.0 can do. Everybody who watches Peacock appreciates what the Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer can do. How about the crop preserver ball deodorant? Yes, so that your your testicles don't smell bad. How about the crop reviver toner? Yeah. How about the performance boxer briefs and a travel bag? You even get underpants in there. The fourth generation lawnmower trimmer features a ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents, which I've had, using Advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof, so you can use it in the tub, I guess, if you want to. I wouldn't, but you probably can. And has a 400K LED spotlight. Okay? You got to see everything. These shadows will trick you. Not a problem with the lawnmower 4.0. Get 20% off all of this and free shipping with the code Sam Roberts. S-A-M-R-O-B-E-R-T-S, one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code Sam Roberts, S-A-M-R-O-B-E-R-T-S. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And I say thank you to Valerie Lareda for being a part of uh, Jim Norton and Sam Roberts, as well as Not Sam Wrestling this week. Looking forward to seeing uh, what she's got to show the world. Uh, speaking of MMA, Israel Adesanya coming out uh, on the UFC to that Undertaker theme music. 
with the hat on, with the urn. I'm telling you, wrestling is everywhere. Don't ever let anybody disrespect for passion. For, uh, don't, <laughs> you can disrespect me for being a professional broadcaster that can't speak, but you can't disrespect professional wrestling. Just ask Stylebender. Now I want to have Stylebender on the show. I want to see how deep his love for wrestling goes. I also want to know the love for UFC. You know, a lot of people were very critical of the WWE for running Money in the Bank uh, on the same night as UFC in Las Vegas on Saturday. Of course, Money in the Bank local time, Las Vegas time, started at 5 p.m. and went till just a, a hair after 8 p.m. local time, 11 p.m. East Coast time. Um, so the UFC show had already gone uh, underway. They would have started around 7 the main card started around 7 p.m. local time, so there was an overlap of about an hour, but then went till, what would it have been? 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. local time, and right after Money in the Bank, Vince McMahon, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon, WWE President Nick Khan, and SmackDown's Pat McAfee, Took the walk over, probably drove a limo, but however they got there, they didn't fly a chopper, and sat down at the UFC pay-per-view and were all on camera together. I don't know if Nick Khan was on camera. I didn't see Nick Khan in any of the uh, 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 screen grabs, but I did see McAfee, Vince, Stephanie, and Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and uh, you got to respect Pat McAfee for showing up with a neck brace on. Because after the show, when Money in the Bank went off the air and WWE uh, posted on social media the clip, uh, Baron Corbin came out. I guess uh, Theory cut a promo as the new Mr. Money in the Bank. And Baron Corbin came out and delivered a devastating end of days to Pat McAfee accepting his challenge for SummerSlam. And I guess it screwed up Pat McAfee so bad that they had to put a neck brace on to check out UFC. I love, love Love that Pat McAfee is a member of the McMahon family. Basically, he's an honorary member of the McMahon family in my eyes. I couldn't be happier. Look, I worried. I worried when Pat showed up at SmackDown. I worried that we wouldn't have as much time. I think all of us, I think I speak for all wrestling fans when I say, and I would never say this to his face because I would never want to inflate his ego. But I think I speak for all wrestling fans when I say, we hope that Pat McAfee is on SmackDown forever. And I know Pat. And I worried that one day he would quit because Michael Cole told him to put pants on or something like that. He's a weird guy. But the fact that the McMahon family have basically adopted him makes me feel like he's being made to feel like he is a part of the family, which is exactly how he should be made to feel. If you listen to what McAfee does he just goes out of his way to put people over. He tries to make the show as big as humanly possible, and he tries to make the superstars as big a deal as humanly possible. He uses all of his power for good, and I love him for it. And seeing him with the McMahons made me feel like Pat hopefully is in this for the long haul. He doesn't have to be financially. That's why I worry. But it made me feel like he's going to be there and... uh and I hope that's the case. You know, I remember when Pat first showed up, and I've told Pat this story before. When Pat first showed up at, uh, I think it was, I was probably about a year in 
because it was a WrestleMania weekend because I met Pat at the Hall of Fame. And so, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was my first WrestleMania. I guess it could have been my first WrestleMania. I guess I'd have to ask him. Um, it was either my first or second WrestleMania. It was either Orlando or uh, New Orleans. It had to have been New Orleans, right? And because uh, WrestleMania in Orlando was my second show at WWE. So it had to be New Orleans because my, no, it was my third show. So it could have been, it was WrestleMania Orlando was my third show. So that could have been my introduction, but it was probably New Orleans because I did Roadblock End of the Line, I want to say at the end of 2016. And then I did, yeah, I definitely, yeah, it was 2016. And then I did Elimination Chamber in 2017 because my wife was four days overdue with my son and hadn't given birth to him. And I still went to Phoenix to do the show. And I was rushed out of there probably 22 hours after I got there to try to make it home for the birth, which I made it with lots of time to spare. So no worries. But that would have been 2017, February. Then WrestleMania 2017 was 33 in Orlando. So I'm assuming that I met Pat at 34, but whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, but Michael Cole uh, told me to, you know, uh, uh, give uh, show Pat around a little bit, and then he said to bring Pat to Gorilla after Pat's first show. And I brought him back, sat him down next to Michael Cole. The Vince was in there, you know, Triple H was in there. And then uh, Michael Cole goes, thanks, Sam. I go, yeah, you got it. And I walked out of gorilla position just to go find a, a, a dark hole somewhere to sit in. And I told Pat later, that was the first time I had ever been invited into the gorilla position. <laughs> so that's the difference between me and Pat McAfee. But man, I will never tell him to his face, but I absolutely love that guy. And it made me so happy to see him sitting there with the McMahons and Triple H at UFC. So cool. Let's talk about money in the bank. Well, well, that's why we're here, isn't it? Let's talk about money in the bank. Uh, it was Liv Morgan's night for sure. I think that the WWE decided to mix it up a little, decided to go babyface heavy um, to, to make up for the fact that we were ending on a heel note. I get it. Liv Morgan opens the night doing the unthinkable, uh, winning the money in the bank briefcase. Uh, I think think that a lot of people thought Becky Lynch was going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase. I thought that they might uh, throw it on Lacey Evans to try to bump her up. But uh, Liv Morgan was definitely the crowd favorite. If there was going to be a pick to be like, let's give it to somebody that the audience loves and has been waiting to get the opportunity, it was Liv Morgan. Uh, and then later in that night, uh, Liv Morgan cashes it in on Ronda Rousey after her match with Natalia. I thought the commentary, I thought, here's where, here's the genius of what happened. Uh, the, they, they, the, the story of the match between Natalia and Ronda was that Ronda took more damage than she was expecting to take. That it went heavy, heavy on the beating. Ronda usually does not take the beating that she took from Natalia. And even at one point, the commentary said, I don't think that Ronda expected Natalia 
to come with this level of offense. And that did two things. Like, I thought, okay, they're just, you know, putting Natalia over. Like, they're they're taking a second just in case anybody doubted whether or not she should be in the ring with Ronda Rousey. They're taking the time to remind you that Natalia is an absolute beast. Smart, right? It, it makes it so that the title match is more important. Smarter than I even realized. Because what it did was it told the story of a Ronda Rousey that was far more vulnerable than she usually is. And it explained fully why Liv Morgan took the opportunity to cash that briefcase in and uh, and became, I mean, you talk about doing the unthinkable, pinned Ronda Rousey to become the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, uh, there were some, I guess, who were pointing out that, that this has become a regularity women cashing in very quickly. Um, and uh, it was even an argument in the Discord room that a lot of the Not Sam Shills are a part of who are part of patreon.com slash Not Sam Wrestling. Um, and I get it as an observation, but not so much as a criticism. Uh, you know, you know, people go like, well, there could have been a story with the briefcase. Well, what is the story with the briefcase? You know, I mean, it's not, will he or won't he? Like, yeah, we. it's the same Story, no matter what, when is they going to cash in? When are they going to cash in? You've got that story, right? Austin the I'm Theory, not Austin Theory anymore, but Theory is already walking around with the briefcase. So there's only, there's only really one story before the cash in. Once the cash in happens, the story completely changes. But before the cash in or before it's announced in advance what the cash in will be, if it's just, hey, that person has the briefcase, that's the story, you know? I think that 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 you have to look at the context of how and why it happened to figure out if it's a good idea, right? And people who are making the argument, a lot, first of all, the women's money in the bank briefcase has a, a limited history, right? It's a fairly young uh, briefcase as compared to the men's money in the bank. So there's not nearly as many people to compare it to. First money in the bank briefcase, of course, was Carmella who held the briefcase for a very, very long time. Now it makes much more sense for a villain to hold the briefcase for a long time. Because if you're going to tell the story of somebody holding the briefcase, either it's got to be like a, a, a an indestructible force, like a Brock Lesnar, who you know, whenever they cash in that briefcase, they're going to win. Like they're an, an extreme looming threat. Or it's a bad guy who's going to use that briefcase to spoil a moment, right? That's why villains hold on to the briefcase. So that's why the Miz would hold on to the briefcase. That's why, it, 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 that's why. It's why Edge became the ultimate opportunist, you know? That's why, you know, Theory will cash in whenever Theory cashes in. But, you know, I, I, I think Liv just taking the time to honestly cash in at the right moment. You know, a lot of people making the argument uh, cited Asuka in their list of people who cashed in very quickly. And right there, it's like that kind of, like, don't, if you're going to make an argument like that, don't bring up stuff like, Oscar didn't cash in the briefcase. Becky left. Like, Becky left the WWE to make a person. So, I mean, Oscar could have held on to the briefcase for a year. There's nothing, what would you want? You could have, I guess, held a women's tournament to determine a champion and then allowed Asuka to just hold the briefcase. And I mean, you could have, but I don't know that I don't feel like that would have added much except that there wouldn't have been a women's champion for a period of time. You know, I don't think that took anything away. Um, 
And then other than that, you know, Nikki A.S.H., I, I, there, there's no way that she would have benefited more from waiting longer. Like that character holding the briefcase, I, you know, I, I don't think would have, would have made her any more compelling. Like I can't think of anybody that cashed in the briefcase quickly that would have been more compelling had they not cashed in the briefcase quickly. And I think the ultimate answer as to whether or not it was good that Liv Morgan cashed in the briefcase would be to just open your ears. The arena went apeshit, right? When the arena goes crazy because they've seen something that they're really, really happy about, that kind of answers the question. I don't know if that was a good idea. Well, everybody went nuts and they're really excited to see what Liv Morgan is gonna do on SmackDown as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah, I'd say that that does it. We're going to SummerSlam, which is gonna be a stadium show. And unless something tragic happens and Liv has drops the title before SummerSlam, which would be a real bummer. Unless that happens, you're looking at Liv Morgan having a giant title defense against somebody like a Charlotte or a Ronda Rousey at a stadium show at SummerSlam. And I hope that they use this to make Ronda a villain, but that might be asking too much. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think that this sets us up for, I don't think, you know, Liv Morgan having the briefcase. Okay, it's cool. It's great. It's great that she has the briefcase. Um, but I'm not tuning in this week to find out what Liv is doing with the briefcase. I am tuning into SmackDown this week to see what the landscape looks like with Liv as the women's champion. I'm real happy for Liv Morgan. Uh, there ain't one tear on that face that was there for show. Liv uh, has busted her ass to get to this point. Liv has wanted it. Liv has put in the work. I mean, yeah. Watch that Liv Morgan documentary that John Carlo did that I think is still on Peacock. And just, just everything that she has gone through disappearing from TV, losing all of her teammates, coming up with a character, getting put on TV, getting taken away from TV, just disappearing for months at a time, even though she's not injured. Like, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. And still, she shows up and does the most important thing, resonates with the audience. Boom. That's it. And she's now your SmackDown Women's Champion. That's, and it's a, it's, a, it's a big time to be a champion in WWE. Look at who the champions are. Who's your United States champion? Bobby Lashley. Beat Theory last night. Bobby Lashley is your United States champion. Who are your tag champs? Both, both sides. Usos. Who's your world champ? Both sides. Roman Reigns. Who's your IC champ? Gunther. Who's your Raw Women's Champion? Bianca. You've got a roster full of unbeatable champions. You've got maybe, maybe the most dominant set of champions in recent memory. And Liv Morgan is in that mix now. That's a big look. That's a big look for Liv Morgan. And I am very, very happy for her. Awesome night for uh, Theory. I love that, that they had Bobby Lashley win clean. Genius. They had Bobby Lashley win clean so that there ain't a speck of doubt 
that Bobby Lashley is the man. And while they don't have Cody, and while they don't have a champion on Raw or or a champion on the last two pay-per-views, Bobby Lashley is wearing gold on Monday Night Raw as the top babyface. They just made the United States Championship the championship to get on Monday Night Raw. And who's going to beat Bobby Lashley? And I thought that was great. And then they saved Theory by putting the briefcase on him. And I'm telling you right now, dude, I am telling you right now, if it were me, why not? And maybe I'm just saying this in the afterglow of Money in the Bank. But if it were me, fuck it. Go, go to SummerSlam. Have Brock pin Roman. Have Theory pin Brock. Fuck it. Brock pins Roman. Roman gets written off until whenever. Maybe he's back for Cardiff. Maybe he's not. But keep in mind, Cardiff is is five or six weeks after SummerSlam. SummerSlam is the end of July. Cardiff is Labor Day, right? You've got more than a month between SummerSlam and Cardiff. So even if Roman is back for Cardiff, if he's going to be pulling a disappearing act like he has been, let's have him fight from below. Have Brock pin Roman. Have the bloodline put the beat down of the century on him after a last man standing match and have Austin Theory take take advantage. Why the hell not? Hot shot the kid. What would it look like to have the world championship on Austin Theory? Have him go to Cardiff. Now, Drew versus Theory at Cardiff, it looks like Drew is going to win the championship. Have Bobby Lashley get a shot at Theory because Bobby Lashley has beaten him before. There's a, I mean, now you've got a title that looks like it might move at any opportunity. And you've got a champion like Theory who, boy, what a heel. Boy, what a heel. And if he doesn't resonate as a star, I don't know who does. Besides Theory uh, uh, and, and my thoughts on that, Usos versus Profits was just an amazing tag match. I think, I would imagine, we're going to go two out of three falls at SummerSlam. Uh, if not, an Iron Man match. Uh, Iron Men match, I guess it would be. And everybody is talking about Montez Ford. Everybody. You don't have to be an expert to sit there and say, man, I think Montez Ford is the next dude. I'm telling you right now, look at Angelo Dawkins last night and look at Angelo Dawkins two years ago. If you're handing out most improved awards, you keep paying attention to Montez Ford and I'm going to catch you sleeping on Angelo Dawkins. There ain't no doubt that Montez Ford is bound for stardom. I'm telling you right now, Angelo Dawkins is no Marty Jannetty. God bless Marty Jannetty. Dawkins is no Jannetty. Dawkins is going to shock a lot of people, in my opinion. I think there's a bright future with that dude, and not enough people are talking about it. And the vignette that aired, check the timeline, dude. Check the timeline. Nobody was calling it his edge before I was. 10.01 p.m. The closest I saw was somebody at 10.10. Once somebody got a chance to look, watch it online and see all the stuff in it, then they started saying maybe. Of course, it looks like Bray Wyatt. But what'd you have in there? You had a coffin with a cross. You had a gold medal hanging like Kurt Angle. 
You had Hardy Boys wristbands. You had Dudley Boys glasses. You had a Latino heat license plate from Texas. Who? 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 Lived through the Attitude Era and had matches with all those icons, the Dudleys, the Hardys, Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, The Undertaker, classics with all of them. Boom. Edge. It was Edge. It was Edge. And we'll probably find out it was Edge on Raw. But just remember, I was there first. Uh, we've already gone a little long, so I'm going to skip the emails for this week, but I'll get you back with those emails next week. Uh, until then, thanks a lot, everybody. Not Sam wrestling at gmail.com is the email. Maybe I'll do a double email segment next week. So we'll open up that bag, send the emails in what you thought about Valerie Lareda, but more importantly, what you thought about everything I said, huh? Huh? After all, this is not Sam wrestling and I'm not Sam. Now do you see why the sign says that? I guess the sign doesn't say that, but my shirts do. All right, have a good one. Thanks for listening. Follow at Not Sam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. Not Sam Wrestling.